0: This is Mike Burnett, and you're listening to Concho Valley Community Action Agencies, TVCAA Unplugged from Action to Impact. Today, we're talking with Meals for the Elderly's Executive Director, Dayson Tucker. Stay tuned. This is Mike with CVCAA Unplugged from Action to Impact. Today, we are talking with Dason Tucker, the Executive Director of Meals for the Elderly here in San Angelo. Dason, thanks for for joining us. Hey, I really appreciate the invite, Mike.
1: Anytime I can get out of my office and talk to some of our agencies around town, always a great opportunity. Cool. And you've been at Meals for
0: the Elderly for how long?
1: Man, I drew the short straw and started in the height of of the pandemic during 2020. So my first day was in mid July of 2020.
0: Like like everything is shut down. People are figuring it out. Oh yeah.
1: From our volunteer distribution model, whatever I
0: came in during a very weird time. Wow. That's, that's wild. I think the, you know, the pandemic for all of us changed like what we're doing, you know, how we approach things. I was, I was a college professor and then pandemic hit, and then I'm not, and now I'm, you know, here, working in social services like you are. And it's you know, it's just a, that the effects of that of the pandemic, I think we're going to see long-term, but personally, a lot of people's lives are just upended. And, and now there we see there's this need of, how are we going to help people? And, and just really trying to do it. So
1: Especially those trying to get back onto yep. their feet, following yep. a lot of what transpired, not just from the pandemic, but from the economic repercussions time. that
0: followed everything. Big time. That, that showed us that that line of of self-sufficiency is so, so thin, razor thin of like being able to provide for yourself or, you know, or needing assistance and whatnot. So, and I think a lot of, a lot of our clients here at CVCAA are a lot of your clients as well. We know that, you know, it's rare that a, a household will have just one issue they need to take care of. And so sometimes, you know, they have food insecurity, which is what you're dealing with. They also need help with maybe rent payments or utility payments is what we help with. And so, know just partnering agencies like ours working together try to meet the needs of these folks so that they can have the life that they want to live is that's what it's all about
1: absolutely we preach to our staff all the time uh, at meals for the elderly that you know no no one organization can do it all yeah, exactly and I think that here in the Concho Valley is truly a highlight of that model because yeah. so many of us are just so interconnected yep. and have such a great working relationship to um, at the end of the day, get our recipients or our community members, yeah. all of their needs met, not just the yep. one.
0: Yeah, that, it's it's been amazing to me to see how well the the nonprofits in town work together. It's and it's it's one of those things of like you nail you nailed it. Not one agency can do it all. We have our wheelhouse. You have your wheelhouse. You know MHMR or West Texas Counseling. They have their wheelhouses, and together everyone kind of figures out, hey, we're going to do this part. You do this part. You do this part, and then all of a sudden people are are being able to survive and it's from people working together. It's, it's such a cool thing. It uh, coming out of a theater background, like I was, you know, collaboration, you know, trusting your partner scene partner on stage or something was such a big part of what we would do. And now we see it, I'm seeing it in the social services, which is just very cool. Very cool. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more.
0: So y'all have been there. How long has uh, meals for the elderly been around? So it's funny you mentioned that yeah. we are coming up to
1: our 50th anniversary 50th. All right. next year.
0: Very cool. So we
1: were founded in 1974. The original model actually started back in 1968, but the wow. meal program itself wow. Wow. began in '74 out of the uh, the South San Angelo Recreation
0: Center. Really? Believe it or not, over yeah. there, over there by the the um, by the Walmart. It's, so it's no longer.
1: There? There. It's no longer there. Oh, so that one's not there then. No, and it started off kind of as a nutrition program for Mm -hmm. that neighborhood. And then, um, you know, it's evolved into today to what you see. We began the program with about 10 to 12 recipients there on, um, on our list. And we've grown now to a capacity of we're serving upwards of about close to 700 roughly per
0: day. Per day.
1: Per day. Wow. And that's in uh, Tom Green, Erion, Concho,
0: and then up in Miles. Oh, wow. So you, from, from y'all's place here, you can go out into those other, those other communities. We do. I that. didn't know that. That's We've really some, cool.
1: We, we expanded our operations as of last year in 2022, whenever yeah. we saw the need here um, in the Concho Valley, because that's another unique thing I've always thought about San Angelo is that we don't really consider ourselves stopping at city yep. limits. Yep. Yep. We consider ourselves the whole area here in the Concho area. Rancho Valley and what you and I have probably seen transpire every single year on during San Angelo gives mm-hmm. that this community takes care
0: of one oh, another. Man. You know when when San Angelo gives rolls around I love pulling up our dashboard and then and I'm going to dig on Abilene a little bit. Abilene's a great city but I pull theirs up too because theirs is the same day and we we outgive them almost double. I know it's it's crazy how much this community supports nonprofits.
1: And coming from someone, um, my prior background, before moving back to San Angeles, I've worked in the nonprofit space in in larger metro areas as well. So your San Antonio's, your Dallas-Fort Worth area that also have their unique days of giving. And it's just, it's night and day difference between the community support that you see there in the metro areas and then what you see here. It is really and truly something that is
0: unequivocally unique. Yeah, and and what's cool about it, like like I went to the the, the five a.m. kickoff or whatever they have over at, at the at the area foundation, yeah. and and you have all these nonprofits there, and and it's a it's a friendly thing. It's like it, we're not fighting each other for dollars. It's like we're all here together, and I think that's one of the beauties that how the area foundation has it set up is that you know, hey, you can give to us, you can give to y'all, you can give to all these people. You know, it's kind of like a menu of picking and choosing of who you want to give to. And at the end, everyone kind of gets lifted up because I've known friends and I've got myself, in fact, like when we've donated, you know, I'll look at, you know, here's here's my list. And then every year I'm looking through it and going, oh, I didn't know they were on here. I'm going to give to them. Hey, they're not on here. I'm going to give to them. Hey, you know, they're doing stuff. Let's give to them too. And so
1: and that list gets bigger and bigger yeah, every huge, year. huge. It, it really, that day makes you really, really think of just how many yeah. small social sector nonprofits yeah. there are here yeah. that really can come together
0: in yeah. this community. Yeah. So 700 meals a week on average. So 700 meals per day. Per day, I'm sorry. Per, per, day, day, per day, that's five day, fine. Five, yeah. day, five days a week. Five days a week. We're delivering so Monday through Friday. So 3,500. Yep. And then the math that out to a big even massive more number that my brain can't do off the top of the head. So right now to give
1: you a general perspective and going back to what we were talking about, about the need that's been out there ever since we saw kind of that downshift out of that pandemic mindset is our base of clients, just as I'm sure yours has Mm -hmm. has grown Mm -hmm. pretty drastically over the past couple of years. So where last year we ended the year, with one thousand and seventy three unique individuals served in 2022 and this year we've already leapfrogged well over that and we're oh. not even at the end of the year wow. you know we're we're now forecasting to service just over twelve hundred yeah. before year end that uh, is which crazy. is just it says a lot about the need yeah. for these types of services yep. that are yep. and the scarier thing is for everyone that we know is receiving services we know that there's Two to three yeah. others for that everyone one that need the services yep. and aren't getting yep. them.
0: Yeah. So for an individual, so they they get they. I, I've delivered with y'all. I, I, yeah. I, I did it. Our church does is does it every couple of months. We have a week, and then I've come out with the last year. You had a lot of the executive directors. Yeah. Come Community out champions and was, day. We the, love and that. And the guy I got partnered with is um, I remember his name, but he's the guy from San Angelo to go, and he <laughs> Preston. Loves. Preston. Yeah. Yeah. He loves what he does with y'all. Is he I'm hoping he still delivers oh, Preston is routine yeah, every yeah. single week, come rain or shine. Yeah, he just I mean, I had a blast delivering with him when when I've done it with the church, you know, me and a friend would do it and it and it's a you know, it doesn't take a long time. It's a very, you know, maybe an hour and a half of the day. And but we're hanging out, we're talking, we're driving around, we're seeing people. You know, we're going up to the people's doors and talking with them. And you know, and sometimes the the people that are bringing the meal, your volunteers, that's the only person that these people maybe may interact with for the you day. You know,
1: that's a great point. We uh, meals on top of coming up to our fiftieth, also f- recently re- fifty years. That's yeah. right, coming up to that golden year. Yeah. <laughs> um, we recently revisited um, and realized that kind of our old mission statement, just like any other nonprofits Mm -hmm. didn't really fit with what our current boots on the ground mission was. So we had this one thing and then we were saw that we were doing something not completely different, but we had expanded so much from what that original mission had been. And so during strategic planning sessions that we had recently held, we had the opportunity to go and revisit and revamp that mission statement to kind of, look and address that we're so we're delivering like you mentioned so much more than a meal um, to our homebound individuals that we service and that social interaction portion is such a huge huge aspect of what we do um, because you're right so many of them don't see anybody else that day and we have tons and tons of volunteer stories of testimonials of recipients that were found in their home yep. and we were able to provide, we were the ones that called 911 for them because wow. maybe they fell out of bed and uh, fractured a hip oh, or wow. they fell in their kitchen or um, just something had happened. But that volunteer the very next day was the one that found them
0: there. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That and is, you know, that you, you shiver to
1: think about what would yeah, what happen, would happen. Yeah. if someone hadn't been there for them.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there, there's so many things I think, you know, that a lot of us take for granted, you know, where our next meal is coming from or just the social interaction with people and how much we need to interact and just to have a, a simple conversation, even if it's one minute long, you know, that changes changes the outlook on, you know, for a day of, of someone.
1: Well, we we're coming more and more full circle to really understanding that the research is really focused now on, you know, health whenever we were growing up, was like going to see the doctor getting your shots yeah. doing um, getting your checkups but now they're looking at so much more of a large encompassing aspect of it and then looking at our social determinants of health mm-hmm. and they come to realize that you know your neighborhood mm-hmm. your how you were raised um, your friends all of those plays factors in yeah. your outlook on life later down and your life expectancy and so it's not just do we have access to medicine? It's a whole plethora of other yeah.
0: factors now. Yeah. And it becomes, it becomes you know, not just sustaining life, but a quality of life piece. Exactly right. Yeah.
1: And I love that you touch on the food aspect. Obviously, like you said, that that's what we do is we're in the mission of, at our core, addressing food security mm. for those that are homebound, that right. um, can't leave their home. They're, they're about seven, they're restricted to their home, roughly 75% of the time. Hmm. Um, and it's great that we're getting to record this because we're actually coming just on the heels of the USDA releasing their most recent 22, 2022 um, report on food security. So they yeah. release this every single year. Wow. And the shocking thing that you get to see in there. Let's hit it. Hit some I was going to
0: say, I love me some stats. Yeah, Let's hit some stats. I'm a stats geek, man. Let's geek out on this.
1: So in Texas, we have never ranked well whenever it comes
0: to food security. Right. I, was, I would like to say I'm shocked at them, but I'm not. And
1: well, there's <laughs> the top five for the lowest food security are all kind of touching each other. So you've yeah. got Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, yeah. Mississippi, all of those. Yeah. Um, but I guess to even start off, you have to know, like, what are we even talking about with a food secure? So, so we can even be on the same page. Whenever I'm referring to food security, we're looking at just households with consistent and dependable access to enough food for active and healthy living. That's Mm. all we're looking at.
0: Wow. So it's like a, it's like, it's a baseline. It's a, here's the bar. Yeah. Wow. And so are
1: we getting enough food for you to go and sustain yourself in a healthy manner day to day? And so from there, the USDA does all this via surveys. And so based on that, if you don't fit within that criteria, you could be qualified as what they call food insecure. Mm -hmm. Now, food insecure falls into two different types though. So you've got low food security, So, food insecurity characterized by reductions in dietary quality or variety. Mm -hmm. So that could be that maybe you're trying to stretch your dollar there towards the end of the month. Um, and you've got that paycheck coming up, yeah. but you're having to buy some of the cheap stuff at the grocery yeah. store that you mm-hmm. know, isn't super good for you, yeah. but you know what?
0: That's it's what calories it at the end of the that's day. That's what it is. Your stomach's not rumbling. and
1: Exactly yeah. right. Okay. And so that's one. Now, very low food security means that now we're going into, you're having to change your dietary patterns completely by skipping meals yeah. because you can't afford even the low quality foods that
0: are there. And I think, I think, at least from my perspective, when the, when you talk about you know challenging with you know keeping people fed, the second one you mentioned is probably what people think of the most. They're going hungry, they're not having food. It's having the right food as well. that's exactly is, is a right big piece of that
1: it really and truly is, and that's why those that may receive um, nutritional benefits say that that's only a certain piece of the puzzle. The mm-hmm. other piece that gets overlooked a lot of the times is that nutritional education aspect yeah. that comes along yep. with it and teaching them how to make some of those healthier choices and how do you can, yep. you sustain that healthy dietary pattern. Yeah, uh, because the food
0: pyramid that we were taught. And exactly right. Portion size and how many greens are you getting compared to your, your proteins or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But the
1: shocking thing, so keeping those two in mind is that, For the 2022 numbers, Texas shows that we have a population of 15.5% that would score food insecure. Wow. That is number two. We are number 49 out of 50 states on food insecurity. And then of those, 5.8% of the population would qualify as very low food insecure. Wow. And that's number four. Mm. And so it's always been an issue here. And it's one of the things that social service organizations, state funded programs, they try to address it, but there's always going to be kind of that core issue. Now, then this is not to say that we're the only ones that have gone up the entire country. um, As far as food security, uh, those rates of food insecurity have, Increased for 2022 across the board, and that could have a a plethora of factors that are impacting it from you know the grocery bill that you're getting Mm -hmm. every day to stagnant wages to you, you name it. Um, But at the end of the day, the crux of the issue is there are families and individuals that can't afford to pay for
0: food. And what we see, you know, in our uh, here at CVCA, we see you know individuals and families that are. They have to make that choice of do I put food on the table tonight or do I pay my electric bill? Do I hopefully get my rent extended another week so I can provide kind of meals for my kids? And you know, and we, you know, when we talk with you know different agencies, I know um, you know there's there's some kids that are when they're in school that they don't get. That their their nutritional meals come while they're at school, and when they leave at three p.m., they know they won't have another meal until they're back for breakfast the next morning. And, oh, you know, absolutely. And those are those are things that in a society like ours, you're like, how how is this even possible? But it is, and it's not, and it's not just isolated; it's across the board, every everywhere you see that.
1: Well, and our primary clientele that we deal with yeah. are um, mainly aging yeah, seniors. The older, the, yeah, the and it's just the demographics for yeah. those that would fall into our service criteria yeah. and really and truly if we remember that 15.8% of the population in Texas alone is food insecure yeah. when if we start to look at those that are aged
0: 65 plus, i bet that number goes up it's 16.3% yeah so it ticks up yeah of and, th- and it's the same thing that you know if they if if they have social security if and that not everyone gets that or if they have s s d i or if they have some kind of retirement again it's that Stretching of the dollar, you know they're on a fixed income, and do I pay the light bill do i or do I get food on the table same challenges shame that we we have to exist to do this in our country, but it is, and it's luckily there are organizations that that step up and get it done
1: yeah, we look in for organizations that can kind of fill in those gaps yeah. where it's
0: still yep. needed yeah
1: um and the ones that we always present to donor, whenever I'm trying to go and have a conversation maybe with a new donor or just mm-hmm. anyone in the community is, it doesn't matter where on the spectrum you fall in terms of maybe policy or anything yep. else. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of these social service organizations can provide benefits at a much lower rate. Um, so if, one of the stats that I love to throw out is it is cheaper for us for an individual to fund a year of meals, for one person, than it is for that one person to spend one day in a hospital. Yeah. So the average hospital stay right now in Texas is just over twenty six hundred dollars per day. Per day. Per day.
0: And you can fund for that for less than that. You could fund a year a, of meals. A year of meals per person. That's and we mean. talked about. That's insane those year of meals allow that
1: person to do what we call aging in place. Yep. And so they can stay in that home where maybe they raised a family. They have a ton yeah. of memories. They want to maintain as much independence as they can. And more importantly, they're able to stay out of assisted living facilities that also is taking also up cost. I was going to say it's taking up Medicare yeah. dollars. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, it just, all comes back to the dollars on that.
1: It does. Yeah. I mean, in 2020 alone, you know, we had over $28 billion in the state for Medicare costs for
0: 2020. Wow. $28 billion. Billion, That's a B. That's a B. <laughs> Folks, that's a B. <laughs> that's a big B also.
1: Exactly. And so just think of the amount of funding that you could save for those that wouldn't have to go in for yeah. those hospital stays due yeah. to um, falls or long-term care sure. facilities, things like that.
0: And the and the meals y'all are providing are nutritionally based. You have a, a nutritionist that put that figures all those things out. So it's not like it's not we, like they're getting we work with a dietitian yeah, program dietitian, out of with right. a
1: dietitian program out of Texas Tech, actually. They oh, send cool. us over interns that rotate throughout the year with us and kind of work uh, with our kitchen on how they can how we can medically tailor how we can tailor some of the meals to meet some of those specific macros. Yeah. But because we are not a government funded program right. Uh, we receive no federal or state dollars, actually. it's We're completely donor and grant-based. Completely out of... Completely <sighs> donor and grants. Um, we actually don't have the same reporting or standards that a lot of the other uh, state-based agencies would have had. Right. And so while we do take pride in the nutritional aspects of it, we're also not held to the same standards that right. some of these other ones would be. That's not. And we also have more flexibility in some of our menu options. Because outside of just the nutritional aspect, we we do provide the protein, a starch, a vegetable, and a fruit daily yep, for yep, them daily. Um, and they do roughly meet about one third the daily caloric requirements for our recipients. Now, then, that being said, we can also do things like increase the protein intake for that meal without kind of getting your hand slapped by right. saying you can only have it between this and this. Right, um, and we can kind of tailor some of these also to more of the uh, what would be more. We would call it cultural event here in here in town because every every part of Texas, we can tailor some of the meals to better fit this specific area. I got gotcha. in the Concho Valley.
0: So that's like different meal, like like what you're putting in it, like different flavors and.
1: Yeah, we we still send out the one meal per day, and it's going out to the exact same meals going out to everybody, right. but we can tailor that meal uh, to fit the largest body of people
0: here. Oh, that's cool. And then, and some of them are low sodium. I, I remember Correct. that because those were marked differently. The uh, the logistics side of it again. And being a geek, the first time I did it, I was really worried that I was going to get lost. You know, I had a GPS, had a had a navigator. You know, and you roll in and you get that sheet. And I'll tell you, whoever puts those sheets together, it's like, like they 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 stress a lot. Don't go out of order. Like literally, go in order. <laughs> because that's the easy, that's the quickest route, you yeah. know? And it's almost like, you know, like UPS, you know, I had a friend that worked for UPS and they, they plan their routes on right turns because, because it's, it's quicker to make a right turn. Yep. And in some cases they would do three right turns instead of doing a left because it was quicker. Right. And so I think of the efficiency of that and I'm like, I have this list and it's like literally go down. It It tells you everything that you're doing you know, where, you know, where, which door to go to. Cause some folks use, you know, maybe a side door. Exactly right. You know, knock three times on some of them, leave it on the windowsill, walk off cause that person doesn't, you know, they'll get it. Or some of them, you know, ring the doorbell, they'll come out and talk to you. But the coding, the notes, all the specifics on it for a volunteer. I mean, it's all there.
1: We and, try to make it as user friendly yeah, as we possibly well, I can. It. I love it, man. Uh, it's probably so the best cool. part is the the house description because yep. mm-hmm. some of the places that you're driving into, you know, you're looking for a house number and there's no house. Yeah, there's number. no
0: house number. Yeah. There's yeah. there
1: may be like a someone sharpied something across the top of the door. Yep. Um. Yep. But you know, if you're if you're looking hard,
0: good luck to you. Yeah.
1: And so we try to find matching house descriptions on all of those route sheets that we can for that
0: very reason. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, you roll into your facility up there on, on Houston Heart, go in, give you your route sheet, you get a bag that or a couple of bags that has the food in it, and you hit your car, and then... And then you're out. And then that's
1: it. We don't require volunteers to come back in and check in with us once they're done. Um, All that we ask is that they maintain an open line of communication should anything arise on their route. So that's if, you know, someone's not home, say, which Mm -hmm. is a very frequent occurrence for us, because a lot of times our recipients may be at a doctor's appointment or something and they just forgot to call and tell us. But. That way we can call that person or their emergency contact and, and try up. to get yeah, in touch you don't, with them. Yeah, because you don't,
0: the volunteer doesn't know if they're not there. The, exactly they right. Could have, like you said earlier, they could have fallen. They can be just, you know, on the other side of the house, you know, on the floor or something, and you don't know. But your team follows up. Exactly. If, if, they're, if they're not there getting that meal, your team is following up saying, all right, something's not quite right here.
1: Yep. And then the biggest thing we stress to our volunteers in situations like that is, you know, yes, give us a call. But please don't stick around the house for too long because that may be stop number four on a 20 or 30 person (laughs) route that we have for you. And
0: I'll tell you, there was there was a couple of times we did it and um, it was probably like one of my first times. So I was still slower than Mm -hmm. maybe a a, a vet volunteer, a veteran volunteer. And a couple of the people were like, uh, you're like 14 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, sir. I don't, I really don't know what I'm doing today, but here's your meal. And I mean, but again, I, they, it's a, it's a routine for them. It is. You know, they get this, this thing going. And one time it was, you're not the guy who normally brings it. And I'm, oh, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. You know, you know our, our recipients, I appreciate it.
1: Our recipients develop as much rapport with the volunteers mm-hmm. as
0: vice versa. Yeah. And it, it becomes and a, a, a relationship. It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. And
1: they, they want to know and they want to take a genuine interest. And yeah. for us, it's you know stuff like that is great because the volunteers want to come in and they they want to know yeah. about those recipients. They just don't yeah. want they don't want to know you know that they were off for the day. They would like to know. Oh, are they in the hospital? Like they are, what, are they, what's happening? Are they okay? They've developed a genuine care about those that they're seeing yeah. every day. That's, and it's that's so cool. You know, it's great to see. And I think you know we. have We've talked about it so much. And one of the things that, you know, I just kind of skimmed over, um, but is really the heart and soul of our organization. Like you mentioned, we keep talking about volunteers, but a lot of people don't understand that we've got a total of 56 routes that we deliver to daily, uh, not daily, not daily. Not okay. daily. Right. So some of those routes are rural. So for Concho and Erie counties, those are going out um, twice a week. Okay. And so Concho is delivered every Tuesday and Thursday. And then Erian's delivered every Monday and Wednesday. All right. Now they're still receiving those five days worth of meals. But for us logistically, it just, we don't have a way for it to to make it work just yet to where they can get something every single day. And we have other recipients that live here in town that we can't deliver to daily just because they may have things like dialysis appointments or uh, they have chemo treatments, things like that. And so we do supplement out, those missed days for them with what we call our frozen meals, which are still the meals that we make in-house We just go and freeze them and they have reheating instructions on them. Oh cool. And so Those other 49 routes though are wow. all being delivered daily daily
0: daily daily by volunteers So 49 plus volunteers daily every single day for five days a week 52 weeks a year is that exactly right? Year?
1: Yep, exactly yeah. right. We've got we'll have On average, over
0: 2,000 volunteers come through our doors each year. Wow. If you want to volunteer to do that, what what does someone do? They just call up there, email? You can call up to us.
1: We'd love to talk with you. 325-655-9200. And you want to talk to Kelly Ussery. She's our volunteer director, and she'll get you squared away. If you're in a hurry, um, you can also fill out your volunteer application and submit it online at our website. Uh, go to www.mealsfortheelderly.org, nice. and then we've got a spot for you there uh, to fill out an individual application. If you are a business in town mm-hmm. and are interested in getting your business in touch with us, and you want to set up a route, say every Friday, yeah. and just rotate who drives it out of your company, we do that as well. You can yeah. sign up for a business. That's what
0: St. Paul does. Is we have we have two weeks a year that we have five we have five days of roots. and mm-hmm. that gets our congregation involved in. And we have some folks, some of the, the, um, some folks, some of the retired folks do it even when it's not their week. They're there oh, they're, they're a lot they, and they love it. And that's, you know, part of their day. And I'm like, man, that's, that's goals. You know, when, when retirement <laughs> ever comes my way, I'm like, I'm that's goals right there. I want to do that.
1: We're fortunate to have a very involved faith-based community. Yeah. Um, so then just like you said, we've got churches that come in and they'll go for, they'll fill in our for a month yeah. and then a different church will come in the next month and they'll fill yeah. in those. And,
0: Kelly does a great job of keeping those on schedule. I bet, I bet the logistics of that are just as complicated and well thought out as the route that someone is going on.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. If I have
0: an elderly parent, friend or someone that would need the services, how do, how do they get on your services? What would that?
1: Okay, so that's a great question. We have been referring people. We recently updated our website for that to provide some clarification on services mm-hmm. that we do provide. And so if you go onto our website and then you can just click on receive services, right. it'll take you to an application questionnaire where it's just going to ask you three simple questions because we want to be sure that we're also screening for those that are going to go and be eligible for those services. Right. Because although, like you mentioned, we're, we have a very specific wheelhouse that we fit into. And so our recipient base is ability specific Mm -hmm. and so those qualifications are are you at the house are you restricted to home at least 75 percent of the time right right so that's criteria number one can you prepare meals for yourself Mm. criteria number two and then the last one is do you have a either home health provider or someone at home with you throughout the week gotcha if you do, is that person there less than three hours? Because a lot of the time they can't be funded for more than a certain amount of time. Right. If you do not, if you answer yes to the first two, and let's say that you do not have a home health provider, then you would get, you would be a great candidate for the meal program. Wow. Even those that do have a meal provider or a uh, home health provider or someone at home with them. Right. Still get in contact with us because if you're unrestricted hours for them, then you would likely also qualify for us. Yeah and even those that may get booted out by the questionnaire call our client services team because once that application gets submitted that's not where the process stops um, so next That's kind up, of the beginning of the process That's exactly right. So after that once we receive that application and we actually send out our client services team um so our case manager is going
0: to go Don't and do go a home visit, visit. Go do a home visit
1: because we also assess for things like not just can you be on the program but they do a food insecurity assessment for you um, because maybe you might need uh, something else aside from just, you know, that daily meal. Right. Uh, we also offer a milk and bread program that for oh. those that are extremely food insecure. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, we offer a pet food program. That's for cool. Your four legged friends. That's cool. And so uh, and then she also assesses for things like do you have some some basic home elements like microwaves hmm. because so since we do send out the frozen. Exactly right. Uh, we oh. need to be sure that you can go and reheat those things.
0: Is any of that So the qualifications, any of that income driven or do they need to be on SNAP or anything?
1: We take down zero income information for our recipients.
0: It is all mobility and ability based. And then so the funding for this comes from donors, from grants. And that's Not a government program that's feeding into it. It's all strict donors. Exactly right. So things like like the San Angelo Gives is a big, probably a big part of that for y'all. We
1: love San Angelo Gives Day.
0: (laughs) We absolutely do because the
1: community really shows up, and they turn out to show up—just not our nonprofit, but all of ours in our community. So cool! And their generosity just is—it blows me away every year. Yeah. But yeah, the—if um, you want to see a program that every single dollar stays within that community, because what yeah. a lot of those people want to see. Yeah, it is. Um, every, I can guarantee you that every single dollar given over to meals. Stays here yep. and goes back to those as, recipients. As I've been
0: having these conversations on on the podcast, it that's one of the, that's a recurring theme with the people that we're talking with is that the donor dollars are staying and impacting the community here. They, exactly, you know, a lot of and a lot of our donors, you know, in in the Conjo Valley, you know, they'll they'll donate to some of the nation national ones, international ones. That's that's great, but the the big impact that they're seeing is by being able to donate local dollars, stay local. And then, and then what's really fascinating, we did a, a little bit of a study of this last year, you know, when, when someone donates to a nonprofit, a local nonprofit, and that, that money is then used in that community to benefit that community, that money all still stays in the community. Cause it, because it, it's getting spent here. Exactly. So that, right. So there's so that economic impact. It's more than just giving to a, a you know, it's more than me just giving to you and you going and getting food and giving it to a home to a, a homebound person.
1: Right. Those it's also dollars are
0: impacting the rest of the community because it's being spent.
1: Exactly right. Because if yeah. I can get some more donor dollars and more grant funding, then guess what? I can also go out and I can hire some people.
0: Yeah. People yeah. here in our exactly. community. So I exactly. can go and
1: provide some job opportunities. Yeah. I can go maybe we can then go and fund a, a building expansion or a capital improvement project yeah. and I'm hiring out a local oh. company
0: here. Yeah. And, you know, your volunteers are spending, I and mean, these are the things that, I mean, every little piece, they're spending gas money, you know, so that that's in the community. I know friends, when they go after it, they go to lunch, you know, I have some friends that when they, when they volunteer for you, their lunch is, um, Puentes downtown. So they're, you know, it's just, it's just a cycle. All this money is staying here and the impacting not only the people that the, the service is impacting, just building that community up to those kind of things previous life as a professor, theater professor, and never really thought about these things. And now my mind is just like, so if I do this, then this happens and this happens, and this happens. And that next thing you know, everything's just a little bit better. And that's, I, 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 my, my wife calls me a Pollyanna sometimes about it because I'm like, I'm like, but you know, if, we just, if everyone just did this little piece, then it would just get better, you know? And, and I, I really think that that's, that kind of stuff is possible. It absolutely the is g- generosity of people giving to, to agencies like yours, like mine agencies like ours that exist to benefit people in the community. Those are things I just, I get so jazzed up about and talking to people about like, did you know that we have this in the community that does this and a lot of times people are like, no, I didn't know that existed, but now I do. How do I volunteer for that? How do I give money to that? Just very cool. It absolutely is.
1: And, You know, to piggyback on that is the donor also gets to see that impact directly. And so it's no knock on places like St. Jude's or the Anderson Center, any places like that, because they're they do some great work as well. But if you are giving to a local program here, you can go out and you know what? Show up any time of day over at meals and I would love to take you on a route. Yeah. I would love for you to come and see our facility. Yeah. I would love for you to come and see our kitchen staff and how they're churning out
0: It's impressive. close to
1: 700 meals every morning. It's
0: impressive. It's Because impre- when the meals go out, it's like it's like around 10 a.m. Ish. Yeah. So they're there early. Our kitchen meals.
1: supervisors arrive between 4 and 4.30. Wow. Every day. Every day. Five days a week. And then That's- our kitchen staff <laughs> arrives at 5.30. Yeah. And they're getting everything prepped, ready to go. And we're producing... About 700 each day. That's
0: just so cool. If someone wants to donate the Meals for the Elderly, how are they doing that?
1: So, once again, I know I'm directing people back to our website so much, but that's the easiest way right now is you can get on there and do some online giving for us. Um, There's an online donation link on our website at mealsfortheelderly.org. We'd love for you to go and do that. You can submit general donations. You can also do memorials, honorariums. Um, if you've ever been into our facility, we have that very large wall uh, that's just covered in tiles. Yeah. And that's a great way for it, that donors can honor somebody here within the community or honor someone that's passed away. That's why cool. uh, I didn't
0: know that. Yeah. That's so really all cool. of those tiles um, are available for purchase. Oh, good. That's good to know. My granddad, my granddad was a recipient of meals for the elderly okay. um, before he died. And that was, you know, one of the things that he looked forward to every day was having the different people. To he was a, he was a he was a fascinating guy, and I don't want to go into. My staff kids me all the time because I talk about him a lot. But you know, he was a state legislator, an FBI agent. You know, just a, led a great life up until the end. Was constantly interested in people's lives, and so when your volunteers would come, you know, when we'd go over and visit them, I'd be like, "Hey, you know, what would you have for lunch today?" And he's like, "Oh, this, you know, they they brought this today." Sometimes there's be some leftover, and I, you know, and I'm like, "Okay, I'll eat some of that too." You know? and, but but it was but more than that, he was. He was so invested in the, like you said, the lives of these people that come in, that he's interacting with. And up until the end, when we moved him into a a nursing home, he was like just constantly talking about the people from your agency that were coming into his life and intersecting. And he was just fascinated to hear why, why they were volunteering, what they did for a living, you know, what their background was. And probably putting them behind schedule on delivering to the next one because you could talk your ear off. But it was such a neat thing. And it was, I just, you know, that's. And
1: was, to hear those stories of those that just look forward to that little interaction yeah, time, yeah. because a lot of time we take for granted, you know, what that 10 to 15 seconds could be for us. You know, yeah. some of us, you know, some people, the perception might be that they're getting a little bit annoyed or you're getting put behind schedule, yeah. like you said, or. But, man, it really and truly means the world. Yeah. Um, so something so small and insignificant sometimes to us yeah. means just so much for those
0: yeah. that are getting that service. Oh, cool. All right, one last time, your website. We want to make sure people go there, your last website. Yeah, it is www.mealsfortheelderly.org. So if you want to donate, you can go there. If you want to volunteer, you want to go there. If you've got someone that you think might need services, you can go there. So it's a one-stop shop it for is all of it
1: and then you can also go and purchase any event tickets we have coming up for stuff throughout the year cool and get ever, any kind non-ending of non-ending
0: fundraising and events and pieces and
1: exactly right yeah. and stay tuned for some stuff coming up next year for With our 50th because we've it's got exciting. some nice big plans coming up and some fun events very
0: cool i'm looking forward to it sir thanks so much Jason. this has been a great conversation i've enjoyed it a lot this is very cool
1: I appreciate the opportunity, Mike. You have All a good right. rest of your day. Right, you
0: too, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks, listeners. CVCAA Unplugged is property of Concho Valley Community Action Agency. Copyright 2024.